What's going on, everybody? Quick, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for listening all this whole year. For many more to come, we're going to have one episode next week, another episode the following week, or maybe just one episode, and then now we'll still have content coming out, but until the UFC returns or until I see movement, there will be one episode next week, and then maybe after that we'll return to the two episodes a week. But other than that, have a great weekend, guys. Enjoy Christmas. Keep listening. I like the way the podcast numbers are looking. Keep listening and have a Merry Christmas, whatever it is you celebrate, and a Happy New Year. But I will talk to you guys before the end. The year is out. But keep an eye on the YouTube channel, and I'm going to use this time that I'm only going to record one episode next week to... Pump out videos and Substack articles, so keep an eye out. Peace. Later. Everybody is well. Okay. Here's something I've decided to do. Here's what I decided to do. Um, so what's gonna happen is this is gonna be the last two week show of this year. When I mean two weeks, I mean two shows in a week. I'll start doing that again next year. But I will give you guys one show every Tuesday for the next two weeks because Let's be honest, the UFC isn't coming back to like the third or second week of January. It'll give me the opportunity to work on my sub stack um, and produce YouTube videos for you guys. Because that one has a little more range of freedom. Like at its core, it's all going to be news, right? But even everything is based off of opinions, right? But I don't know. I think I could do more than just be on the podcast for twice a week when there's nothing really moving forward. Now, if I hear rumors, make sure you stay on the social media platforms, punch them out official on Instagram, official underscore PATM on X. Make sure you're still on there and we'll figure it out from there. Also, I'm thinking about making an email for fan questions i was looking at the numbers the other day they're looking good guys keep it up please please keep it up i would really appreciate it the numbers for the pod are looking good i just need to get my youtube game a little bit better i need to get this sub stack started i keep saying this but i say it for myself it's not to annoy you i promise it's more for me but let's get into it um I'm going to try to reach the 30 minute mark, but if I don't, that's okay. Cause again, there's nothing really new going on. We can play the guest game. Actually next week, we're going to make a fantasy 300 card and then I'll probably do a video version of that, but we might do that. We might not, but let's get into it. Really the only story of the day I have for you guys is remember Keith Kaiser Well, this guy, he was an executive for the Nevada State Athletic Commission. 
I'm glad this guy's gone. I just heard Chel Sonnen be talking about him, of how weird he was. He was one of the main instruments of giving Nick Diaz that five-year suspension. It goes on to say Keith Kaiser doesn't seem remotely faced by accusations that the Nevada State Athletic Commission is picking on UFC welterweight Nick Diaz. Now, one thing to keep in mind is that this article is very old. Like, it's not new. It's very old. I'm just talking about this guy because Chel Sonnen said this guy was weird. So that's why I'm looking into him. But Keith Kaiser doesn't seem remotely phased on the accusations that the Nevada State Athletic Commission is picking on UFC welterweight Nick Diaz. I was about to say Nate. In fact, the Nevada State Athletic, the Nevada State Athletic Commissioner Executive Director left no mistake about it when he reiterated his claim that Nick Diaz drank 24 bottles of water after his UFC 143 defeat against current NM welterweight champion Carlos Condit. Diaz allegedly did this so, so he could cleanse his system before the pre-fight drug test, which resulted in a positive test for marijuana metabolites. I just described the scenario in detail, telling them where that news came from. That story came from Diaz drinking a lot of water afterwards. Those Water bottles were 8-ounce bottles. So 24 bottles is about a gallon and a half of, if my math is right. I saw what Diaz drank, and we know why. And you can play games about it if you want, but we know why. It goes on to say, Gracie called me during the case. For those that don't know, he's talking about Caesar Gracie. He's saying, Gracie called me during the case and said, look, I want to sit down with you. Nick and I want to sit down with you. I said, look, Caesar, you got to call Ross Goodman. Ross Goodman is Nick Diaz's attorney. He's the attorney. You got to go through him. We're happy to do that. We've offered it several times to Ross, Caesar said. I will call Ross right away. We never heard back from him after that. I don't know what the conversation was between him and Ross, but we've always had a good relationship. I expect to have a good one with Caesar in the future. Okay, first of all, I don't like these guys, and I'll tell you why. They're the ones, yes, Nick, quote-unquote, didn't play by the rules, but you didn't have to give this dude a five-year suspension. And then, like, at the end of the day, it was all for nothing because they don't even test for that anymore. If Nick was fighting right now and he was in his prime, that guy would be world champion. If that rule never existed in the first place, which a lot of people to this day say that rule for them testing for weed was dumb, never existed, then Nick would have been world champion or at least top three talent before somebody rips my head off. Like, like think about it. After after GSP, who was it? It was Woodley, right? For a while, Nick probably... Nick would have took out Johnny Hendricks, bro. Like, I'm confident in saying that. And it's no disrespect to Johnny. That's just my belief. Like, I believe GSP was on another level. And I believe at that point, Nick wasn't taking training as seriously. Like, if Nick and George would have fought at that October event, where Nick ended up fighting BJ, like, that would have been something crazy. You know, like, if Dana never wanted to prove a point and pulled Nick off of that card with, with GSP, um, they would have fought. But I believe what happened was that GSP did end up getting hurt. And then they moved it to Super Bowl weekend, and then they couldn't do it because that's where GSP tore his ACL and then um, or MCL, 
And then that's when the interim fight happened. And then that's when all this went down. And then he finally got the title shot in Canada. And then all that weird stuff went down. Uh, I don't know who to believe when it comes to that. But that is weird, man. That's super weird. So, I know I said we were going to do matchmaking in the future episodes. But let's do some right now. You guys want to do some right now? So, let's look at the UFC rankings. Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you guys something. Leon Edwards should fight nobody else besides Bulal Muhammad next. I'm sorry if you guys heard that. I almost dropped the microphone, but it should be fine. Leon Edwards should not fight nobody else now besides Bulal Muhammad. I, I, I don't care what anybody says, including Leon in his camp. The next guy needs to be Bulal Muhammad. Let's read this. Colby Covington outlines how Leon was... Able to confuse him in UFC 296 fight. Covington has admitted to being stumped by Edwards' approach. Welterweight contender Colby Covington was unsurprisingly not willing to grant Leon Edwards much credit for his performance at the UFC 296. At UFC 296, but he did point out one way in which the reigning champion made things difficult. In a pair of headlines this past weekend's pay-per-view at T-Mobile Arena where Covington received his third chance at achieving undisputed champ status on MMA's biggest stage. And they said the pair headline. I'm like, what? That made no sense. But but let's move on. But just like the last two opportunities against Kamar Usman, chaos fell short of the crown. And this time around, things didn't play out in a competitive way, with Edwards cruising to a second title defense on the scorecards. That is true, but there's also a rumor that Colby was hurt. Now, if the rumors of Colby being hurt, I don't excuse what he said, but I'll give him a pass on the performance. If he went into that fight hurt and it was his knee and ankle, I get it. But anyway, let's move on. The brash and often controversial Covington continued his usual ways post by proclaiming that he deserved the win, putting the result down to anti-Trump bias from the judges. That I don't agree with at all. How are you going to tell me you won that fight? You clearly lost rounds one through three. And to me, you even lost four. I'll give you five. But to me, you lost one, one through three clear as day, even though you think you somehow won round three. Like round four, I'll have to look at it, but I'll probably still give it to Leon. Surprisingly, though, the ex inner title holder did have one bit of praise for his opponent. During his UFC 296 press conference, after another disappointing title setback, Covington reflected on his first appearance in the cage in over a year and a half and vowed he would make his way back into a fourth shot. I mean, the only... Do you guys want me to be honest with you? The only way I see Kobe getting another title shot is if Bilal wins because Bilal hates this guy. So Bilal wants to fight him. Or if somebody else wins because Gilbert Burns also wants to fight him. As expected, Covington wasn't complimentary of Edwards' skill set. He did, however, credit the champ for taking the challenger away from his strategy with frequent stance switches. Frequent stance switches. It looked to me a little bit to get... It took me... It just took me a little bit to get going. It looked to me... It just took me a little bit to get going. My timing was not there early on, Covington said. Leon was switching a lot to orthodox. I didn't expect that as much. He was in orthodox, so it kind of switched up my game plan. I was preparing to take him down on that right leg and 
he kept putting in the left leg. The lead, in the lead, I was kind of confused. So it was just more of a timing issue. I mean, that's like, but then why weren't you throwing punches? That's what I wanted. Like, he stood frozen. Okay, let's move on from this. So going into next year for the welterweights, this is what I want to see. I want to see Leon Edwards. And I hope it's 300. 300 should have like four title fights. Not really. Don't do PFL's thing. I'm just kidding. But you should at least have three. And then you have a badass undercard. And then at least three like pay-per-view worthy fights with the two title fights at max three. Don't put four between one to two or at least at most three. But please do not put four title fights. Like, he took no damage. The only thing is, but Bulal will fight on Ramadan, so I don't think that's really a problem when it comes to Bulal. But one thing I do want to check now that I saw that, when is Ramadan? The reason I want to know when Ramadan is is because I heard a rumor that they want to put Islam on that Saudi Arabia card that's in March, but he will not fight during Ramadan. Okay, it's from March 10th to April 9th. Okay, now let me see when the UFC's um Saudi Arabia card is. March 2nd. He, he could do it. Like, that will be right before Ramadan, so it's not like he can't do it if it's on the 9th. I mean, that'd be cool, man. But other than that, you got that crazy boxing card coming up for Eddie Howe season. For Eddie Howe Riyadh season. How did I, what did I just say, Eddie? What is the Riyadh season? You have that crazy boxing card. Let's look it up. Deontay Wilder is on it. Uh, Jamal Miller is on it. Babyface. Hold on, hold on. Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder agree to a two-fight deal first class on March 9th in Saudi. Dang, if that's true, that's money for those guys. But that's nothing new to them. Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder have agreed to a two-fight deal with the Saudis, and their first contest is a tentatively scheduled to take place on March 9th in Saudi Arabia as long as they are victorious this Saturday night in their respective bouts on the Day of Reckoning card in Riyadh. Then this article goes on to say, The good, the two aging former heavyweight champions, Deontay Wilder and Joshua, I mean, Deontay and Joshua, I said I added Deontay Wilder, but that's not here there, are expected to make a boatload of dough for the two-fight deal with the Saudis. The bad, Joshua or Wilder's career could could be effectively over depending on how the fights play out. Ideally, they would split a pair, and it won't be a big deal for either guy. This sounds like more of an opinion piece, but if one of them gets beaten twice in a row, it would be bad for them, especially by knockout. On the flip side, the money that they'll be receiving from the Saudis will cushion the blow of getting beat with the kind of green that AJ and the bronze bomber Wilder are expected to get for their two-fight deal. That'll help ease the sting of getting destroyed. Okay, I might take all that out. So, I mean, the Saudis are forking out money. But my question becomes, because the UFC has such a big... Deal with Abu Dhabi. Can I is the Saudi Arabia card gonna be a fight night? Well, actually, now that I said that, 
Islam isn't gonna fight because they already announced the main event for the Saudi Arabia card. They haven't announced who his opponent will be, but the blind UFC fighter who Dana says, I need that guy to no takedown defense. He's going to headline the card. I don't think they've announced his opponent yet. What's his name? He has the last name Magomedov, but I don't know his first name. Well, apparently he's going to headline that Saudi Arabia card. Uh, a new distinctive face will step foot on Saturday for the first time at UFC 294. Shara Boutin? Shara I hope I said that right. Well, he's headlining the, the Saudi Arabia card for the UFC. Let me see if I could find any information about that. But if I can't, they must be putting the jetpack on this guy. Because for it to only be a second fight in the UFC... He's already headlining a fight night. They didn't even do that for Conor McGregor or Sean O'Malley. But I will say this. That guy cannot fight here in the U.S. They will not allow him to fight here in the U.S. So all his fights are probably going to take place over there. There's no way he fights here in the U.S. Knowing that he's partially blind, they won't sanction him here. I'll tell you guys that much. Yeah, there's still apparently Mohamed Mokaya will fight Alex Perez there. And Eric Anders will fight Jeremy Pickett. And, but I will tell you that there is news that that Mangomedov guy will headline the card. Let's see. Here it is. I found it. This is coming from Sportskita. Rumors. Shara Mangomedov headlining UFC Saudi Arabia drops draws on MMA social media. Shara Mangomedov is reportedly set to headline the upcoming UFC Saudi Arabia fight night. In March of 2024, the undefeated Russian middleweight prospect debuted against Bruno Silva on the preliminary card of UFC 294 in October and secured a unanimous decision win. I'll tell you what, this Bruno Silva guy, that guy is no joke, bro. That guy is no joke. He almost knocked out Alex Pereira. That was Alex Pereira's second fight in the UFC. If you have not seen that fight, please go back and watch it. That fight was nuts. It says, Bullet has steered considerable attention in the MMA community for the controversial persona and impressive finish rate. To the surprise of many, according to a recent social media post from Red Corner MMA, Magomedov is set to headline a fight at Riyadh at the UFC Fight Night event in Saudi Arabia. However, no potential opponent has been confirmed at this time. So it's a rumor, right? I shouldn't have said that it's him, but... I'll try and get some more information on this. And if I get it, keep an eye out on social media for it. And with that, guys, I will let you go. Um, We'll be back next week. If any, I'll make you this promise. If anything, keep an eye out on the social medias and I'll make an announcement on whether I'll be doing a show or not. Have a great weekend, guys. If I don't, well, Merry Christmas, first of all, because Christmas is on Sunday. Happy Hanukkah. Happy whatever you celebrate. I just hope you guys are with your families and have a great holiday season. Bye-bye, guys. Make sure to follow Punch in the Mouth on social media. Punch in the Mouth official on Instagram. Official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Peace.